and welcome in to another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Hornet Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ross. Thank you for being with us here again on another week, and it's home opening week. Texas A&M Commerce coming into Hornet Stadium Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Hopefully we'll see you all out there checking out this Hornet football team. Today, this week's podcast, we will look back at the win over Nickel State in the season opener, and I had a chance to chat with Athletic Director Mark Orr. Really good conversation. I think you'll enjoy a lot of different things on the past of the program, his arrival here, hiring of Troy Taylor, hiring of Andy Thompson, that whirlwind, and then uh, even the future of the Hornet program. So that's all coming up today on the podcast. But let's jump right to it and look back at the win, a nice win, the 20th straight win for the Sacramento State Hornets in the regular season. Truly incredible. Starting off the year 1-0 with a win, 38-24 over Nichols in Thibodeau, Louisiana. So let's take you back to our highlight recap. First drive of the season and the first score of the year. Camp will go under center. He'll hand it directly to Fulcher. Fulcher with a jump. Stiff arm to the end zone, and he's in. Touchdown, Sacramento State. Nice run off the right side. Excellent stiff arm. And for the first time this year, the Hornets are in the end zone thanks to Marcus Fulcher. Uh, Vision, power, and speed all demonstrated on that play. Just perfect job by Fulcher. So 7-0 Hornets. We mentioned the first drive, first score. Well, Hornet defense tried to get the first turnover of the season. Two receivers left, two to the right. McQuaid, the lefty, back to throw. Pressure coming with a blitz here from the near side. Lots of pressure coming. McQuaid will dump it late. Intercepted by Sacramento State. Coming up from the secondary spot. Ross. Yeah, it's Ross with the uh, interception. Got his feet in on the sideline at the 49-yard line. The first turnover of the year. Darian Pollard deserves all the credit on the play, though, from Lincoln High School in Stockton. He rushed the quarterback and got a little bit of a hit on him as he released the football, and that caused the pass to go offline. And Ross with the pick. One of the themes of game one was the dual quarterbacks. We saw Carson Camp start. Caden Bennett came in. Caden played really well. And what separated him, at least in game one, was his ability to throw the deep pass. Kuntz is in as the tight end. They got multiple tight ends. Also, Austin Gerard transferred from Oklahoma State, year two in the program. So two tight ends in this formation. Caden Bennett, who's completed a couple of passes, Really can fly. The play clock's at 16. Now the Hornets shift at the line of scrimmage. Could be two-down territory here. If you had Sinkowski, you know you could count on him from just about any distance. Bennett looking right. Fade to the right side. Getting some separation. Caught at the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown. No, they're going to spot him short. Oh, it sure looked like he got wow. in the end zone. That was a terrible spot. Gandy. Gandy had a touchdown, and he was denied. Didn't he fall into the end zone? Sure looked like that was a score to me. Nonetheless, it's first and goal Hornets on a great fade from Bennett to Gandy. Hornets quickly to the line of scrimmage. Now, I certainly thought he scored there, but it would set up ultimately Marcus Fulcher for his second score. All right, now the Hornets put Kuntz in the backfield. He's the tight end. Uh Bennett is under center. That's not a normal look for this team. Bennett, little toss sweep to the end of Fulcher. He goes low. He powers in. Touchdown, Sacramento State. So you have the tight end leading the block into the line, Steve, and a little toss sweep from the edge. Like the play. Yes. Like the play call. Two scores for Marcus Fulcher. Hornets now lead 13 to nothing. One other storyline going into the season was replacing just an amazing kicker. Kyle Sinkowski, tough to do, but the Hornets do have Zach Schreiner now. They're happy with him, and he would knock one through. Hornets are going to try their first field goal attempt of the year. St. Rose? I don't know. Whatever. AJ Campos, the long snapper. Connor Stutz, the holder. And Zach Schreiner trying to connect for his first field goal. This will be a short attempt. 
from the 13, a 23-yarder, left hash, ball placed down, the kick on the way, and the kick is good. Oh, yeah. All right, that's got to feel good for him. Hornets thought they should have got a touchdown, but they'll take the three points and advance the lead to 17 to nothing. Zenkowski who? No, <laughs> he's our buddy. Yeah. What a career he had for the Hornets, but this new kicker for the Hornets, Zach. I'm on a first-name basis. Yes. What a kick. So at this point, Hornet offense looking pretty good. Defense trying to respond as well. And one guy who was tremendous in training camp was Deshaun Lynch off the edge. And they have big hopes for him. And he made his presence felt. Snapping from their own 32-yard line. Right hash mark. The lefty quarterback, McQuaid, works from the shotgun. Three receivers to his left. He looks over the middle. Pocket holds up. Now it's closing. Rolls right. Here comes pressure. And the Hornets get to him. And it's Lynch who gets the first sack of the year. It's a loss of eight, fourth down. Well, he is your rush defensive lineman from Folsom, California, Folsom High School, if you've ever heard of it. (laughs) Whoa, what a play. Was was he a delay? Because he came in late, and And, then, boy, he he was quick. It was like he got shot out of a slingshot, though. He went really fast. Our defense continuing to get after the quarterback. That's an area that needed to get better from a year ago. Three sacks in week one. Here's another one from the Hornet defense. So second down and 10, two right, two left, calling for the snap and getting his McQuaid. Here's pressure again, and he's wrapped up and dropped back at the 10-yard line. And it is Stanley. No, make it Brandon Knott with the sack. Brandon Knott, number 56. All right, Sacramento State's defense was good, but I would say this, the game was maybe in the balance here for a little bit, short window where Nichols got back in the game. So a key series, a key play right here, this third down. Caden Bennett has his third down and eight. Deep in the Hornet territory at their own 12-yard line after a booming punt by Kyle Dupree on third and eight. Bennett looks over the middle, lobs a deep pass with separation. It's Carlos Hill. He brings it in at the 50, tackle down at the 45-yard line. Gorgeous throw and catch as the Hornets are in Colonel territory. That was a big-time throw. Following that big conversion, Hornets on the same drive, Punch it in again with another deep ball by Caden Bennett. Fulcher stays in the backfield. Here comes a blitz from the near side. It's picked up beautifully by Fulcher. Bennett's got a running lane. He'll lob it deep to the end zone, back of the end zone. Gibson brings it in. Is he in? Touchdown! Sacramento State, the back most part of the end zone, got his feet in. Touchdown, Hornets. Well, now the Hornets have found the secret recipe to defeating the Colonels. The deep ball? It's not seven herbs and spices. (laughs) It's the deep ball. Two bombs on that drive. Let's go down to Danny. Danny, did you enjoy that? Guys, that was a beautiful throw. Two back-to-back beautiful throws. But you got to give credit to Fulcher on that block to give Bennett time to make that throw. It was a beautiful throw. Great call, The subtlety of that, yep. Yep. Fulcher, that's what the coaching staff said for receivers and running back. What we want you to do is make the big block even more than the big catch. Another drive after that, trying to extend the lead. Fourth down, a little roll of the dice. Pays off for the Hornets. Here we go, guys. Yep. All right, here it is. Hornets going for it on fourth down. It's fourth as Danny's had a little bit more than a yard. And they're going to put Carlos Hill in the backfield. He's one of the fastest Hornets along with Caden Bennett. Could be an option to the right with those two. Fulcher's back there as well, their most powerful running back. Multiple tight ends. Now Hill goes in motion. They're spreading the field out on fourth and a full yard plus. 
Bennett will keep it himself. He'll run right, gets past the line of scrimmage, oh, and into the end zone. My. Touchdown, Hornets. Oh. What a block on that right side. Oh, I know who that block was. It was number 89, another tight end. Yeah, Austin Gerard in there. I know it was a great Austin block by Jackson Ger Slater. There was some good blocking up front. There was a little sliver, and he kind of slid through that, and it, then he was through. If I and let's get one more highlight here, one more to cap off. The good night for Sacramento State. Caden Bennett works from the shotgun. First and goal from the six. Bennett, he'll throw. It's a little slant to Grover. Grover breaks a tackle. Grover dives across the end zone in for a touchdown. So he got across the goal line. Half of his body was through the first career touchdown for Anderson Grover. And the Hornets extend the lead to 37-10. to Grover had shifty moves there in order he to did. get to the end zone. That was good. All right, so that's win number one. For Sacramento State, again, the final 38-24. Again, Fulcher in the run game early I thought looked pretty good. Uh, the two-quarterback system, Carson Camp, certainly uh, was outplayed by Caden Bennett in week one. Receivers looked deep. There was an injury early to Marshall Martin. I know his status for this week is uh, up in the air. A couple other injuries, so that's something to keep keep an eye on. I know Jace O'Hara wasn't on the trip. The nickelback position's a little banged up, but all in all, when you're talking about now a win streak of 20 consecutive regular season wins, truly amazing what this Hornet program is doing. Uh, before we preview uh, Texas A&M Commerce, we'll do that at the end of the podcast. Got to get a conversation, though, with Athletic Director Mark Orr. Mark's been around this program now and been around this community for a long time, but spent time, obviously, after he uh, played a ball at Cal and been grew, grew up in this area, but went to St. Mary's as an AD there. Came to Sacramento State and has really helped advance all the sports programs and uh, Mark's done a terrific job and it's truly a pleasure to catch up with him I think it's a conversation you'll really enjoy so here's my uh, chance when I sat down with athletic director Mark Orr Mark uh, I, I see uh, school starting campus is, is buzzing you got your own kids it's busy I, I don't know how you're doing all of this right now I'm having a lot of fun Jason thank you for having me on the podcast this is great um, obviously school started last week there's an energy on our campus um, you know, new president, uh, President Luke Wood. Um, he's a former uh, student here, an alum, and a, a Hornet himself. So lots of energy on our campus. I love this time of year working with our student athletes, coaches, and, and fall sports kicking off. Um, we're having a lot of fun here at, at Sacramento State. You mentioned the new president. For you and your job, how great has it been to have two presidents that love Hornet sports a lot? I mean, that's probably been very beneficial for you. It's been remarkable, and I, I, I owe a great debt, and the university owes a great debt to, to President Nelson and what he established here at, at Sac State and um, obviously bringing me back home um, to come to Sacramento. So uh, President Nelson built such a terrific foundation, uh, not just for athletics, but for our entire university. And I, I liken it to a, a relay race in track. Uh, it, it, the baton has been, been handed to, to President Wood, and he's taking it to a whole nother level yeah. and a whole another level of support and uh, 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 is passionate about Sac State and our students and our athletes, as President Nelson was, um, but certainly a different style and a different way he's going to do it. So um, I think we've all been very fortunate uh, to work with um, just tremendous leaders in President Nelson and now President Wood. You know, going back to President Nelson really fast, still following him on social media. He's watching the Hornets on everything, everything he can on ESPN Plus, every program. I mean, he truly won't let it go. He's a diehard, isn't he? 
President Nelson, <laughs> I, I, I've been in communication with him over the last couple of weeks, and uh, he has uh, subscribed to his ESPN Plus uh, <laughs> subscription to follow Hornet Sports and, and watches uh, volleyball and, and, uh, and obviously football um, from where he's located at now. And uh, he, uh, he bleeds uh, a green and gold, and, uh, and he is, uh, he's always been a fan but as a president, you got to be a little muted as a fa- mm-hmm. as a fan. Now he can really let it all out and yeah. complain about the officiating <laughs> and the uniforms and all the other yeah. things I hear from fans. So uh, President Nelson's our, our biggest fan out there, continues to be. And uh, again, I, uh, I'm so appreciative of what he's done uh, for us at Sac State. All right. So now let's go back to how when you started and you got this job, you knew this community, you've been in this community, you played football. Um could you vision it becoming what football has become now? I mean, it's, I'd done this a long time. I had dreams of this, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it could get to where it is. Did you vision something like this happening? Yeah, I always had the vision. As you mentioned, I'm a native of Sacramento, grew up here in, in Sacramento. And Sacramento's always been a tremendous sports, sports town, as you know, with mm-hmm. Sacramento Kings, obviously, um, but also the Republic, the River Cats, for many, many years. High school sports here have always been. Uh, a, a big thing. So I've always felt that Sacramento State athletics was um, was uh, you know had a, had such a high ceiling and uh, had so much potential and a diamond in a in a rough. It was it was uh, always there. Um, so yeah, I, I did have a vision, particularly with our football program, that that we can be successful. I guess um, it happened quicker than I than I originally thought, um, in a good way, obviously. Um, but I always felt that um, we can be successful here in, in football. And I also believe that in all of our sports, basketball, baseball. And, um, and I think we're going to keep getting better. And, and that's what's exciting about all of this is we, we are just hitting the, the cusp of what I, what I think um, Sacramento State football and athletics can be. There is no reason um, that uh, the city of Sacramento won't support Division One um, athletics. You know, you look at cities the size of Sacramento, Austin, Texas, Columbus, Ohio, Fresno, California, all similar sizes to Sacramento. And there's an anchor college athletic program that whether or not you went to those institutions or not, you followed. So part of my vision and goal is if you live in Sacramento, the Hornets is the team that you follow. Whether you're an alum or, or not, um, this is this is the football team. We, we are the only you know, Division One football, there's no NFL in Sacramento. So my hope would be the, the city and the community were rallying around Division One football here in Sacramento. And, uh, and we're on our way. Yeah, Attendance last year would suggest that. Record would suggest that. Are you sensing that on campus, community people, leaders you talk to, that it's that it's happening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly on campus. I mean, you feel it. Um, we had a watch party last yeah. weekend when we were in Nickel State. Students filled up the student union uh, watching the team, um, the anticipation, the excitement, uh, the buzz on campus um, around uh, Hornet football. So you feel it in a community. Um, it's funny. Some of this is a testament to President Nelson. At times I wear my Sac State t-shirt or, or something. I'll go to the grocery store and somebody will see me and say, Stingers up or you know, how about that football program? And that didn't happen when I first uh, took the job here at, at Sac State. So you're starting to feel it. Um, I do think it helps that the Kings are successful. I think it helps that the Republic is successful and, and Sacramento is, is paying attention 
um, to, to good sports yeah. in our city. And um, I always say we're not in competition with our, our professional franchises. It's, it's, uh, it's almost like a partnership and a, and a sense of pride that sports in Sacramento are, are successful from collegiate to professional. And uh, we're, we're trying to do our part. I remember uh, hearing this from a few people when you hired Troy Taylor, which I found funny at the time. People would go, I can't believe they got Troy Taylor. But, I mean, he's going to be successful and he's going to leave in three to five years. And I said, think about what you're (laughs) saying. If that's the problem, that's a good thing. And um, I don't know if you saw that happening, but obviously he was wildly successful and he has moved on. But um, that was a pretty good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, uh, Troy did a tremendous job, and I've known Troy for for many many years. Um, I would tell folks it took Stanford, it took yeah. a job like Stanford for him to leave mm-hmm. uh, Sac State. And trust me, he had plenty of other opportunities prior to Stanford. So I um, I knew when I hired Troy that we would be successful. I'd hoped that he'd stay here, you know, for a long long time. But I also understood that yeah. you know there could be opportunities that are, are good for him and his family. One of the best things Troy did is obviously we won a lot of games, but he built a culture and a foundation within our football program that is longstanding. And um, the type of student-athletes he recruited, uh, the staff that he assembled. So we're very fortunate that our our program uh, that that Troy uh, uh, obviously led in building uh, is in a good place and is built built to last, built Mm -hmm. for uh, uh, for the long haul. So I am... I, I, I'm happy for him, um, but uh, I could tell you this time around and making a hire for football was a lot easier than, than the last one when I hired Troy. <laughs> but I think you should explain the story of what a whirlwind you had because if we go back, you know, Hornets are getting ready for the biggest game ever. It's Incarnate Word. Now the, you know, you probably know more than we know, but we're hearing Stanford, Stanford, Stanford. Is this real? Is it happening? Mm-hmm. Tough loss for the Hornets, as we know. And then, boom, next day he's introduced at Stanford. So you're 24, 48, I don't know, 72 hours. What was that like for you knowing I got to move forward and get a new coach? Yeah, it uh, obviously uh, that dynamic happens quick. And this is, uh, you know, part of one of the more important jobs that an athletic director has is assembling and hiring head coaches. Um, You know, I I, I would say that Troy and Bernard Muir, the athletic director at Stanford, were very professional, very upfront. Um, I knew the minute they were talking to Troy weeks in advance. Um, I know it didn't come public till you know a couple of days before it was announced, but everything was above board. So I, I you know, it, I uh, I understood that this was you know probably happening. Um, so I wasn't caught off guard in any any manner. Um, with the with the landscape of the NCA and the transfer portal and some of those things that are out there now, you don't have a lot of time if you're in a successful program. Uh, to to wait, you, you can't take a month and and search around candidates and 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 do a bunch of uh, uh, of of recruiting into the pool and all those kind of things, um, or you risk you know several student athletes entering the portal, um, your current assistants um, getting opportunities to move on. So I, I think very early on, my my goal was to keep it together because I, I felt our program. Um, was set up for, as I said earlier, for the long haul, and we've had success. My most difficult, <laughs> probably, decision was which one of our assistants did I feel um, best in, in the best position to, to take leadership. So, um, obviously, we, we lost a really tough game there in Kernert Word on that Friday night. Uh, Troy did uh, the public announcement Saturday. Um, I spent all day Sunday 
um, meeting with the players and um, all the assistant coaches, making sure to be in communication with them. Um, I spent Monday um, doing some interviews of, of current assistant coaches, and then I announced Andy on Tuesday. Um, so it was really um, that quick. Uh, President Nelson was with me the whole way through, and again, this is another testament to him. Typically, you, don't, you aren't able to turn around hiring that quick unless you have a really supportive president and a very supportive vice president of human resources, and they were tremendous. Sac State administration, uh, campus administration, was tremendous in, in helping me uh, navigate that. And I, um, I couldn't be happier with Andy Thompson. Um, you know, I, I think we, uh, we made the right call there. Uh, he had uh, obviously spent the last 14 years as a coordinator in the big sky. Um, he had opportunities to, um, uh, to interview and, and pursue um, a big sky head coaching uh, at other institution um, uh, jobs and chose to stay here at, at Sac State. Um, so I, I think uh, he couldn't be more prepared um, uh, to take the reins and, uh, and being able to not only hire Andy but retain Chris Richardson and Bobby Fresquez, who are two also key uh, staff mem- members to our success. It's just a win-win um, for us at Sac State, and we're, we're so very fortunate to have the leadership of Andy and Chris and Bobby and uh, Cherokee, uh, Valeria, and, and Craig Paulson. So um, we've been very fortunate um, to retain most of our staff, and yeah. quite frankly, we did lose some student-athletes to the transfer portal, but only a very few. I think Andy told me um, just yesterday we have 78 players that are, have played at least three years in our program on this year's team. So that tells you, uh, you know, student athletes aren't, aren't just transferring out of Sac State, even with a coaching change um, to, to go to other institutions. And in, in this landscape of collegiate athletics, you see what's happening at Colorado with Dion and um, Texas State. And, you know, you have 80 transfers or 50 transfers. That's nuts. And, and we haven't seen that here at, at Sac State. And this is a testament to our student athletes and our, our, our coaching leadership that is, has built that culture. Yeah, I want to ask you about that because personally I was surprised. I mean, uh, Troy took a few people with him, but not as many as maybe some thought. And, yes, yeah, Gadaboo goes in the portal. A few went in the portal and came back. So what, as a guy who played football, has observed this program, what is it about this culture that was able to keep that many assistants and even the buy-in of Coach Frescas and Richardson that are like, yeah, Andy's the guy and yeah. when they wanted the job and – um, it seems like it's really rock solid right now. Yeah, I think a, a, a couple things. I think, uh, you know, it, it starts with leadership. Obviously, uh, Coach Thompson, Coach Fresquez, Coach Richardson, um, having the, their alignment um, together and, and building it the right way. Um, I think we have a, a group of student athletes who have great character, who are loyal. Um, I think we have goals that are out there mm-hmm. still that I think this team you know, wants to be able to accomplish and stick together to do. Um, certainly, um, we've won Big Sky Championships and we've uh, we've won Causeway uh, Classics for sure. Uh, but we wanna we wanna get to that national championship game and we wanna do some things that nobody ever dreamed that can happen here at Sac State. And um, I think this group of young men um, have bought into that and, and wanna uh, wanna be part of history that way. So I. Um, um, and I, I think this community and this university, this is a great place. You know, it's one of the things I tell people all the time that is, 
you know, it's interesting coming back home. Um, as you know, I, I was in the Bay Area for, for most of my career coming back home. I was amazed, and I shouldn't be amazed, but I was amazed with how great of a place this is, how great of an institution it is, how beautiful campus is, uh, our residence halls, our student union living here in Sacramento. Um, it's a lot easier to retain coaches and retain student athletes when it's a really great place to live and go to school, and, and we have that. You were at Thibodeau last week. Your first look at uh, under the lights, watching the team play, and others at big expectations. Twenty straight regular season wins. Your thoughts on uh, the 2023 Hornets? Uh, I, I like our team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're. Um, you know, I think uh, we have a lot of returners. I know um, we lost some key um, skill players, but uh, most of the offensive line and defensive line and, and, and defense and a lot of our receivers and obviously Marshall Martin, our American tight end. So we have a lot of returners. Obviously losing quarterbacks, Jake Dunaway and Nash O'Hara to graduation. And, and we mentioned Cameron uh, Scadabo going um, into the transfer portal. Um, we, we needed some other guys to begin stepping up into, into new roles. And I can tell you just the first game, I was I personally I was very pleased with what I saw. Um, I wasn't surprised that Marcus Vulture um, does what Marcus Vulture does. And um, Elijah Tal Tolliver obviously has had a, a good uh, a good career thus far and um, I think they'll do a good job replacing um, you know some of the production we got from from Cameron and then at the quarterback position I was very happy to see Kate and Bennett um, really shine um, uh, you know with with so many meaningful steps that he got now and he's a, a young man that's been biding his time working hard behind the scenes had a great uh, career at Folsom High School uh, kind of a local high school legend around here um, so it was really cool to see um, him uh, get his opportunity and, and play really well, um, you know, uh, out at, uh, at Nickel State. And um, uh, I was very excited to see that. Defensively, um, I, I, again, Armand Bailey and uh, Cameron Broussard and all those, uh, all those young men um, have played and, and played in some really, really big games. So it wasn't surprising to me to see them do well um, this past weekend. The other thing for you, Mark, that I get a lot is the future of the program and, mm-hmm. and facilities. And I know you're probably asked about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Where are we maybe with that, with a future of a basketball facility, maybe even upgrades or a future Hornet Stadium? Yeah, um, uh, it's prior top priority. It is our top priority, other than graduating student athletes. Right. So um, President Wood and I have, uh, have uh, spent a lot of time over the last month um, developing facility master plans on, on what we think um, – we'll need to do. Um, we've already started planning and um, some initial uh, fundraising on a renovation of, of Hornet Stadium. Um, and uh, we are uh, uh, we are proceeding with that. A lot of momentum um, to, uh, uh, to, to build um, a new Hornet Stadium that, that would be um, not only would, um, would serve, us, serve the needs of our program today, but well into the future, um, whatever that future looks like. Um, the event center, um, the same thing. Um, we do have, we did, a fe- we completed a feasibility study just after COVID. Obviously, COVID kind of impacted the the fundraising um, for the event center, but we have a location. Um, we do have a, a design um, set up for that, and uh, we'll be actively uh, fundraising um, for for an event center. Um, both of those will be critical to the to the future of our program. I know in that age, I get this question a lot of conference realignment. Um, what does that mean for, for Sacramento State? 
And I, I would always tell folks, we are very, very, very happy in a Big Sky Conference and very happy being an FCS uh, program, and we hope to, uh, to win national championships and conference titles. Um, at the same time, we always are monitoring the NCAA landscape. Could there be a day that Sacramento State is an FBS program? Maybe. Um, we, 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 don't, we don't know that um, at this point. I think we are uh, doing our very, very best um, for our student-athletes today um, to compete for, for conference championships and hopefully national titles in, in, in football and some of our other sports. Um, with the understanding we're building towards the future. And what I don't want to have happen, if there is a day that um, Sacramento State wants to pursue an FBS opportunity, that our facilities are holding us back or our, our endowment or our budget or whatever it may be. So we want to do everything we can to put us in the best possible position to, to, to allow our student-athletes to compete at the highest level. Based on what you're saying, it's not, there were some reports, whether accurate or not, that <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned partnership with other sports in town. Republic maybe build something downtown. Mm-hmm. We'd like to tie in Sac State. Mm-hmm. Could this be something that's vice versa? You guys work on something on campus, and maybe they come along for the ride. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, as I mentioned earlier, we have great relationships with the Sacramento Kings, Sacramento Republic, um, are in conversation you know, all the time, and we want to collaborate. Yeah. And um, obviously. Um, building a stadium for the city of Sacramento for, you know, for soccer, college football, you know, those types of things are, are important. So if there's a way um, we can work together, um, we are absolutely um, open to those conversations. I've had those conversations. Obviously, um, location um, will, be, uh, will be something that, um, you know, we've got we've to continue to have some dialogue on. Um, but um, certainly um, having conversations, we'll continue to have the conversations, um, you know, and, and hope that uh, we, we can collaborate and continue to have good working partnerships. Well, the good thing is there's a lot of people interested in the Hornets right now. I think you've got to feel good about the place the school is and, and everything going uh, the way it is. So keep up the good work, and it's, uh, let's hope a big football season's ahead. Thank you, and, and all of you listeners out there, thank you for your support, for listening to the podcast, supporting um, Sacramento State, our student-athletes, and I uh, encourage you to continue to come out to, obviously, football games, bring a friend, bring family members, tickets aren't expensive, tailgating is so much fun, um, and there's nothing like college football. Um, the uh, college football Saturdays are, are, are the greatest, so I, I hope uh, those of you who are out there who are listening um, continue to support us, and this will be an exciting season. Obviously, Saturday, uh, first home game. We expect a big crowd, fireworks show afterwards. Hopefully, in game, there's some fireworks too. But <laughs> afterwards, fireworks show, kids' day. Um, it's going to be, be lots of fun. Um, Texas A&M Commerce is a good program uh, coming all, all the way over here from Texas. So we're excited, excited for the competition. And then uh, hopefully we can get by that, and then we'll go over and see Coach Taylor at Stanford the following week. So that'll be fun. (laughs) That'll be a weird one, won't it? (laughs) That one will be be a little bit different. When You know, one quick story. When Troy and I uh, scheduled Stanford, this was three years ago, I don't think he ever thought he'd be coaching on (laughs) the other sideline, nor did I think we'd be coaching against him. But it'll be fun. It'll be be great to see him again. Me being a Cal Bear, it's hard – uh, to root for Stanford when, you Maybe know. Just, yeah. yeah, and and I, I told Troy when he took the job, after he took the job, I said, how are you going to wear that red yeah. and cardinal red? Yeah. You're you're a bear like right. me. What are you, uh, how can you do that? But 
I'm so happy for him. He's going to do tremendous there. They looked really good against Hawaii mm-hmm. um, this past weekend, and they got USC this week. So Troy and I still keep in contact and text each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he follows the Hornets and is in communication with Coach Thompson. So um, other than that one Saturday yeah. on, on September 16th, I think we're, uh, we're rooting for each other. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. All right. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. I think there's going to be more follow-ups with Mark at the end there because, I mean, you could just tell where they're in these stages here of of really trying to grow the facilities, take this team to other heights, this program, whether it's football, to another conference if need be, or stay in the big sky. You could hear Mark say that. Um, if there's an opportunity as, as this football landscape ever changes, but also community-wise, um, if there's a possibility to – uh, go with the Republic in a, in a venture downtown. Certainly, it would have to make sense for the Hornets, but maybe it makes sense the other way around. If the Hornets build something and the Republic or other programs come and uh, use the facilities, I, I, I don't think that two places would get built, but certainly one could and could house both sites. And uh, it's got to make sense for the Hornets and their program and the university. And, and uh, you know, President Wood did some great things at San Diego State. So I think they got the right people in place to try to make this happen. All right, let's wrap things up with a look ahead to Texas A&M Commerce, the home opener this weekend for Sacramento State. Commerce Lions lost last week, a really tough loss for them as far as just getting it, uh, a rough outing for them, losing to UC Davis. 48-10 to was the final, and honestly, watching that game back, it could have been worse. Davis turned the ball over four times, still had 500-plus yards of offense, scored 48 points. And um, it, it's a tough time right now for the Commerce Lions. Last year, though, had an impressive season at 5-6. and six. They've made the transition. This is just year two at the FCS level. They won't be eligible for the playoffs until 2026. So their new coach, Clint Dolzell, um, is you know building a program. He's got an arena football background, and he's just trying to build the best that he can with the Texas A&M uh, Commerce Lions. A lot of new players there. I think their strength is in their – Defensive tackles, uh, watch uh, 50 and 99, Leon Young and Levi Drake Rodriguez. Their corners are strong. But, look, they gave up 48 points. If the Hornets can play their game, do their thing, maybe they can run this win streak to 21, getting ready for Troy Taylor and Stanford in two weeks. But a lock-in, week week one at home, see if they can go to 2-0 and and get ready for Stanford after that. So my thanks to Mark Orr. Thanks to all of you. Tell a friend we're out there. Again, that'll do it for another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast. We'll talk to you again next week.